Good morning, church. How are we doing today? Is anybody excited for 2022? Come on, somebody. You, you may call me corny, but I know that this isn't just uh, turning a page on a calendar. A lot of people may feel like, well, last week is the same as this week, but I believe that God is a God of seasons and days and a new years, a new chance, a new grace, a new mercy, a new opportunity to do the things that God called me to do. And I believe that. I believe that the word of God says that the kingdom of God is suffering violence. And I don't want to get too deep into what that means, but it says that only the violent take it by force. So I want to let you know that this year, you must enter this year not passively, but aggressively. You see, not aggressively and violently like the world tells us, right? Uh, aggressive against each other. But listen, we need to enter this year aggressive against sin. Aggressive against the devil. Violently against the things that separate me from God. And we need to be aggressive, have crazy faith. Enter this year knowing that God is for me and not against me. And when you enter this year with that mentality, you see the changes and the growth and the things that God will start doing in your life. I believe that this is a year of breakthrough. On Christmas Day, Pastor Rich sent out a text and said, Merry Christmas, and sent a couple of beautiful words. But then he said, this, this year is a year of breakthrough. And as, as, as I was preparing this message, that, 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 that confirmed the word that I wanted to share with you today, that the Lord wants you to hear today. And I believe that as, as you open up your heart this morning, the Lord will start doing great things. And I'm so glad that you made it to church the first Sunday of the year. Why don't you give yourselves a round of applause? As, as pastors... We get to have conversations with people and know you more and know your struggles and know your sin. And sometimes when I come on a Sunday to church and I see you here at church, the first thing that comes through my mind is, I'm so glad that you made it. I'm so glad that you're here. I'd rather have 300 sinners sitting under this roof on Sunday morning than 300 sinners out there in Homestead. And I believe that as you come into this place, the love of God's got the power to change your life. The love of, of God's got the power to restore and heal your heart. The love of God's got the power to do what, that, what anything else that you've tried before cannot do. And that's why we're here this morning. Before I go into the message, I just want to share with you. Every year, I try to sit down and ask the Lord for a word for this year. Something that, that a north, something that, that will bring vision. Uh, and the Lord kept bringing this word to me with a song and... I wish I could sing to you right now and I will sing the song to you. But Proverbs 4.18 says this. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. Now this is the word God gave to me, but I want to share with you that this year your blessings, your favor, your grace, whatever you do will be like the, like the shining light of the day that it only gets brighter. And that's how the path of the righteous is. Who is the righteous? You and I are the righteous ones because of Jesus Christ. If you believe Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, guess what? You're dressed in his righteousness. You're clothed in his righteousness. And that makes your path to shine. Even when the world shuts down, even when, when the world is in crisis, even when the world is worse than worse. You could say that my day will get brighter in Jesus' name. Amen. Now I want to share it out of the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 13. Uh, as Pastor Rich said, my name is Juan and it's an honor to serve you, to, 
to be able to pastor our youth and young adults here at LifePoint. I believe that God is doing something through our church in this city. And not just in this city, but in the nations. Uh, I just came from El Paso this week and it was crazy to hear people talk about our church and our pastors and what God is doing here. And it's not just, God is not just moving here. The, the, the bells are not just being rang here in Homestead, but in cities, in the nations. And I believe that God wants to use you in such a moment like this here at LifePoint. And First Samuel 15 says this. When Samuel came to him, Saul said, may the Lord bless you. I have carried out the Lord's instructions. And Samuel replied, then what is this sound of sheep and cattle I hear? Saul answered, the troops brought them from the Amalekites and spared the best sheep and cattle in order to offer a sacrifice to the Lord your God. But the rest we destroy. Right there we are, just close your eyes and pray with me. Father God, we're so thankful that we get to be here today, Lord. Last year could have been our last year, but we're here alive. Lord, your grace is still upon us. Your blessing is still upon us, Lord. We pray right now for anyone watching from my hospital room, and we declare the word of God. There is healing in the name of Jesus. For anybody that's sick at home, we declare there's healing in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you speak to us today, that this new year is a year of breakthrough for our lives, for our families, Lord, for our generations. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let me give you some context in, in these verses that we just read. Samuel is a prophet of God. And Saul comes up to him. Saul is the first king of Israel. Israel did not have a king. God is their, was their Lord, their, 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 their leader, right? They were supposed to be his people. But the Israelites say, God, no, we want a king. All the pagan towns around us have kings and presidents. We need a king. And the Lord says, all right, I will give you a king if that's what you want. And the Lord finds favor in Saul. The word says that God found favor in Saul and he anointed Saul as king of Israel. I want you to, 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 to keep that word and we'll talk about it later. He anointed Saul as king. Later on we see that Saul is still anointed and chosen as king but the favor of God has left in him. And that's the worst thing where you could ever be where God chooses you but then his favor leaves you. If you, if, if you remember scripture, the next king of Israel should have been Jonathan. Saul's son. But who was the next king of Israel? David. And Saul, in this verse right here, he loses favor before the Lord because of his disobedience. Now, let me give you some context. If you were here during our series, The Names of God, I preached a message on Jehovah Nisi, which means the Lord, our banner. The Lord, my flag. And in this verse, the Bible says that Moses, and we're already way back in the Bible, a couple of years before the times of Saul and David, the word, the word of God says that the Israelites were walking into their promised land and the first people, the first army to confront them, to, to get between them and the promised land was the Amalekites. And so... The, the word of God says, to, to just to summarize, that Joshua is fighting in the front lines. Moses is in the mountain raising his hands, interceding. And he named that place Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner. They win the battle. And the Lord says, I will surely finish with the Amalekites. I will destroy every single one of the Amalekites. Years after pass, and this word must be fulfilled by Saul. 
because the Lord tells Saul, Saul, I need you to destroy the Amalekites, every single one of them, even their sheep and cattle. So Saul goes and he says, wait a minute. There's a really good cows. There's a really good sheep. I'm just going to finish with the people. And he keeps the cattle and the king. Why would you think he will not kill the king? Well, a king means influence, connections. The king was the one probably with, with the gold and the jewels and the money. And he spares the king's life and the cattle. Now when he shows up to, to Samuel, Samuel says, what have you done? And he says, what do you mean? I did what the Lord asked me to do. And he says, no, you didn't. Because you see, I want to teach you this morning that incomplete obedience, it's still disobedience. You see, obedience before the Lord doesn't work halfway. In fact, if you keep reading on that verse, there's that famous phrase where Samuel says, the Lord is more pleased in obedience than sacrifice. Because Saul says, well, actually, I kept the sheep and the cattle so you can sacrifice it to the Lord your God. I mean, if you read scripture, you see that the pride in the heart of Saul he says, I kept the ship, and maybe, you know, we could do a barbecue later, but to sacrifice it to the Lord, your God. And let me tell you something. God is more interested in your obedience than your sacrifice. You might think that, that, that giving money is a sacrifice, and it is. You might think that waking up early on a Sunday morning is a sacrifice, and it is. You might think that serving and accepting a planning, planning center request is a sacrifice, and it is. And serving and giving, but if you're not obedient... Your sacrifice is worthless. You see, because God wants your obedience before your sacrifice. God, there's a lot of people that have sat down and I've told them, listen, I don't need you to serve on a Wednesday if you're not coming on a Sunday. Because we want you to receive on a Sunday so then you can serve on a Wednesday. It's more important for you to be obedient to the word of God. Because once you're obedient to the word of God, the sacrifice of your life will be voluntary. The sacrifice of your life will not be out of a place of commitment of I have to do this. No, it will be out of a place of love and I want to do this. Because you see, come on, if you're going to praise God, do it loudly. And that gives me a water break. Because you see, God still wants your sacrifice. Every time we worship, we must sacrifice something. It's not the same as the Old Testament. You don't need to sacrifice a, a, a pigeon, a, a cow, a sheep. But Paul said that true worship is bringing our whole lives, our bodies, as a living sacrifice before the Lord. It doesn't mean that obedience blacks out sacrifice. But the Lord does prefer for you to be obedient before you give him money. The Lord prefers that you be obedient before you accept the whole month on planning center. The Lord rather wants you to be obedient before you're here at 5 a.m. for prayer. Because you see, we can count those things as sacrifices, but if we don't do it out of a place of obedience, they're, they're not worth much. But if you're obedient, if you start being obedient in your walk with the Lord, because that's why the favor of God was removed from Saul because of his disobedience. If you remember, David has a chance to kill Saul. Saul is persecuting David. 
People are singing about David being the next king of Israel. And David, and they said Saul killed his thousands and David killed ten thousands. And they're praising David. And there's this, there's this new voice, this new man, this new generation rising up. And Saul's scared, so he's going to kill David. He's persecuting David. And David gets the chance to kill his persecutor. And he says, no, I'm not going to touch the anointed one of God, the chosen one of God. Even though the favor of God wasn't upon him, he was still the chosen one. Now, I believe that this new year, many of you are praying for open doors, for new open doors, for new miracles for your life. And I believe that the Lord is pouring out a special anointing. And later we're going to define what the word anointing means. But he's pouring out a special anointing for many of you to break away from the things that kept you apart from God. He's giving you a new anointing to destroy every enemy, every addiction, every, every, every barrier that kept you away from God, every distraction, and bring it to submission at the feet of Jesus. The Lord is giving you, is chosen you, is chosen you to stand at the edge and fight not just for yourself, but for your family, for your generations, for those that come before you, for those that are around you. Now, after that, I received that text from Pastor Rich on Christmas Day. He said, this is a year of breakthrough. I knew the title for my message. And I know I have really long introductions. <laughs> but the title of this message is The Breaker's Anointing. The Breaker's Anointing. God is pouring out a special anointing. He's chosen you to bring a breakthrough in your life, in your family. You see... One time that the Pastor Gus preached and then I, I heard this quote on a podcast, and you've probably heard it too. He said, it is better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Have you heard that quote before? I've always been fascinated with warriors and wars. Since I was little, I made a very immature prayer. I said, God, I want to fight a war in my lifetime. And I was just... My favorite movie was, was Braveheart when I was like eight years old. And just I love guns and swords and fighting. And, and I might not know a lot of, a lot, a lot of Marvel, Marvel heroes, but I know Ragnar and Floki. And if you know, you know. And, and Ivor the Boneless and, and Vikings. And I, and I just I, I loved that growing up. And we knew. So my family is from Colombia. I was born and raised in beautiful country of Colombia. And we knew we had a great-great-grandfather from Germany. And so they told us, oh, well, that's why you're so tall. And, and all my aunts and uncles, they're, they're really wide and they have blue eyes and green eyes and they're blonde. And they told us, well, you know, your ancestry is from Germany. And I told my brother, ah, oh, you will probably have some Viking descendants. And, and there's just like this, this... I don't know, this, in our blood, we feel like oh, we were made for war and, and we come from, from, maybe we had a great-grandfather that, that fought a war or the, the, was a warrior and a Viking. And so I decided to, to just dig into our history and excuse my, my German. I found out that the German immigrant to Colombia, his name was Friedrich Wilhelm Sinning. And he was a gardener. He was a, a, a botanist is the word. And he went to Colombia and he found a plant and they named the plant after him. And I was so bummed out when I found out that he was a gardener. 
But you see, I get today to choose my destiny. I get today to break with the history of my family and choose a new path. I don't know if you understand where I'm heading to today. But I don't know if you have a history in your family of alcoholism. I don't know if you have a history in your family of fear. I don't know if you have a history in your family of sickness. I don't know if you have a history in your family of abuse. I don't know if you have a history in your family of generations, of generations of brokenness, of hurt. Well, today in the name of Jesus, you have a breaker's anointing to stand and break in the name of Jesus any chain, anything that bonds you, that separates you from God. But we could be chosen like Saul and lose favor from God. If we look at David, the next king that was chosen, he was faithful and obedient when nobody saw him. He was faithful and obedient in intimacy. You see, before he killed a Goliath, a giant, he was already killing bears and, 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 and lions that tried to mess with his flock, with his sheep. When nobody saw him, when nobody was able to give him credit and praise him, he was still being faithful to what God called him to. He was taking care of his family's sheep. And it was right there in that point when he was anonymous that the Lord tested his heart of obedience. And there was a breakthrough moment where he was now anointed king of Israel. Even when he didn't have an army, even when he didn't have a kingdom, he didn't have an armor. Before, he, there, was, there was still a king in place. He was chosen and favored before God. Now, what is the anointing? Contrary to popular belief, Christ is not Jesus' middle name or last name. When we mention the word Christ, it's a title that means the Messiah, the chosen one, Jesus the Christ, the anointed one. When we talk about, uh, so we say, oh man, that, that guy is so anointed at preaching. What you're really saying is that person, is, it, it's so evident that God chose them to preach. You understand what the anointing is? When you say that person, that, that girl is, is, is so anointed at singing, at leading worship, you're basically saying it's so evident that the Lord is with her and has chosen her to lead worship. If we look at the Bible Kings and prophets and the apostles were anointed, were chosen. Psalm 23 says, you anoint my head with oil. And the best way that I could define the anointing of God, it's like a fresh Holy Spirit trademark. When you see somebody, you can say that person is anointed at counseling. That person is anointed at giving advice. That person is anointed at speaking you could say that the Holy Spirit is with them, has chosen them for that purpose. Now look at what Micah 2.13 says. This is a prophetic word, a messianic word. What, what it means is that it's a word about Jesus in the Old Testament. And what it says about Jesus, it says that the one who breaks open the way will go up before them. And they will break through the gate and go out. Their king will pass through before them, the Lord at their head. I love another version that says the breaker. Now, if you can look at this, at this word with me for a second, it says the one who breaks open the way, Jesus, right, will go up before them. And then it says they will break through the gate and go out. So first it tells me that Jesus 
will break through, but then it says they will go through. Can I tell you one of my favorite prayers recorded in the Bible is when Jesus prays to the Father and he says, Lord, I pray that they may be one as we are one. It's a prayer for unity. And then John 17, 23 says, I in them and you and me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Can I tell you today that when you're walking with Jesus, it's not just you walking by yourself, but it's Jesus in you. When you're breaking through those generational curses, it's not just you breaking through, but it's Jesus ahead of you breaking the way, making the way. He's the one who breaks through the Red Sea. He's the one who breaks the wall so the wicked enter. It's not in the name of one. It's not by the power of Travis, but it's in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit that we're able to break those generational curses in our lives. Because you see, I look at my family and my life, and I need to break things for my next generations. You see, in the Daza family, most Daza men have had a heart attack at 55 or have died of a heart attack. I need to break that in the name of Jesus. I need to break obesity in my family in the name of Jesus. I need to break addictions in the name of Jesus. You need to stand and say, I need to break depression in the name of Jesus. But you see, in order for you to have a breakthrough in your life, you have to be sick and tired of the situation, sick and tired of the sin, sick and tired of the things that keep you away from the Lord. Because a lot of times we're content with the situation. I told you last time I preached that, that I believe in science and, and, and therapy and, and medicine and all of that. You might have gone through a really bad breakup. Somebody passed away and you're going through, you're going through therapy. That's okay. That's good. But don't fall in love with the therapy. You might have depression, anxiety, and you're taking medicine for that, that that's good, but don't fall in love with the medicine. There's a point where you got to get sick and tired and say, listen, I am free in the name of Jesus. I need to break through these things. I want deliverance. I want to be free. Not just for me, but for those that come before me. My dad told me once that the day he graduated high school, it was the first day that he was expecting a hug from his dad. So imagine about 18 years without receiving a hug. And he was expecting the day he graduated to receive a hug. And the first thing that my grandfather did was say, congratulations, and gave him a handshake. He talked to my grandmother, and, and my dad grew up having beatings and, and just being uh, over his siblings. He, he was overly uh, just, just disciplined and corrected. And he talked to my grandmother, and he's like, I don't understand. And he said, listen, if you knew your father's father, he would, come, he would come home drunk and whoever he saw awake, he would start hitting them, but he would make them sing as he hit them. And the one he would always find awake was my grandfather. And let me tell you, I've had such a great childhood, such a great father, because he decided to break that and for his next generations. <laughs> Just because my grandfather had a bad father and my father had a bad father doesn't mean that it needs to continue. And he broke that chain. And now I get to be free. And then for the children that are to come for me, man, they'll be the most loved children I'd ever have. Because they, listen, that has been broken already in the name of Jesus. I just 
came back from El Paso, Texas. Let me tell you, rewind a little bit of the story. The week of our, of, our, of our Christmas concert, I found that I had COVID, so I couldn't be here. That was a Thursday. And I was very bummed out because my whole plan of going to El Paso was to propose to my girlfriend. And so I couldn't, I couldn't fly the day we were going to fly because I had COVID. I had already bought the ring. I'm like, God, why? And I'm in El Paso. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm home. Thursday, I get the results, and I knew what I had to do. Listen, once again, I believe in science. I believe in taking care of myself, but I know what I know. I believe in the power of the blood of Jesus. Nobody can tell me. Otherwise, you may call me extremist. You may call me crazy, but I've seen it. And let me tell you this, a breakthrough needs to happen in your heart before it happens in the battlefield. And alone in my house by myself, I just started praying for a breakthrough. I started praying for a miracle. Saturday, I wanted to get tested, but it was Christmas Day. It was close. Sunday, around like 5 a.m., I went there, like three hours waiting to get tested. Then I'm watching our live stream and my PJs and my breakfast on Sunday morning and I kid you not, we're singing hallelujah, the power of the cross and I get a text and my test came out, it came out negative. That day I bought my ticket, the next day I went to El Paso, I proposed Thursday and she said yes, church. Let me tell you one more thing. Friday night, I got a text. My flight was canceled for yesterday, Saturday morning. And I was so scared to text Pastor. And I didn't text him. Friday night, think about this. The 31st, Friday night, I got a text. Flight is canceled. And I take Brandon to the room. And listen, if you want to get married, if you're thinking about getting married or if you're married already, this is what I've learned. Is that in marriage, we think about intimacy as sex. But the first place I need to lead my wife or my soon-to-be wife before that is the presence of God. That's the first intimacy we need to have. And I went into the room and we got on our knees and we prayed. And I made this prayer, Lord, please get somebody sick so I can jump on the place in the flight. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. They had rescheduled our flights for Sunday, for today. And we just prayed. But listen, I encourage you this year to pray with crazy faith. Pray with aggressive faith. Pray with a faith that moves mountains. Listen, the word tells us that we need to uh, invite and accept the will of God. And we pray like that. We say, Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done. But we can also declare in the name of Jesus, there is power in your words. And if we declare the word of God, if you don't just declare your words, but the word of God upon your life. If you have this crazy faith where you can say, God, could you please jump me in, into a plane tomorrow because i got to be at church. And we showed up the next day in the morning with our flights canceled. I say, lady, listen, I need to be in Miami today. And she said, yes, sir. Let's do that right now. And we got into our flights right away. The Lord opened the door. And I believe it was a moment of breakthrough. Check this out. And why am I seeing and another breakthrough that I've seen yesterday? I couldn't speak. And you can still notice it today. 
But why am I living these moments of breakthrough? Because of small, intimate moments of obedience. The next point I want to share with you is that every breakthrough in your life, this 2022 will be born out of a place of radical obedience. People hate the word radical because we think about politics, the radical left, the radical right. Listen, if there's something I've learned, I've learned is that I'm not religious, but I'm radical. This is my truth. This is my stand. We need to be radical about the things that we believe. Not radical crazy, not radical weird. No, I'm radical. I love the Lord. I love his word. He is my guide. And so if there's something in your life that you want to see a breakthrough, in your children's life, in your family, if you want to see a change, you know that the, the definition of crazy is doing the same things, expecting a different result. You got to start doing something different in order to expect new results. That something different might, 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 might be more prayer. That might be changing habits in your life. Might be being disciplined in your life. Might be being accountable with somebody. Might be getting into a connection. Might be start, start serving. But we need to change because change means growth. But there's certain things that a lot of you have been trying to break through by yourselves. A lot of doors that you've been pushing by yourselves. A lot of miracles that you've been trying to make happen by yourself. But let me tell you today. If you want to end generational poverty in your family, you need a breakthrough that comes from God. If you want to finish generational sicknesses, you need a breakthrough that comes from God. If there's been a spirit of depression and fear upon your family, and you see it not just from yourself, but your kids and your grandmother and your father, you have to break through in the name of Jesus because you've been chosen and anointed as a breaker to step in by the name of Jesus and declare victory that has been given to you. This year, you got to stop making this prayer. Lord, give me back what the devil stole from me. I hate that prayer. And you need to start praying with faith and saying, Lord, I want something bigger, better, nicer. I don't care what the, what the enemy took away from me. He can keep it. I need something new in the name of Jesus. Stop crying about the things that were left in the past and walk into the new things that God wants for you. It might hurt. It might be hard. But he's doing something new. Now, if you could get on your feet real quick with me, I'm about to finish. That's my, my main message to you today. Let's live a life of radical obedience. Radical obedience means saying no to friends, saying no to invitations. Spitting on the devil's face and saying, reminding the devil he's under my feet. You have no place in my family. And I want to give you two practical tips for this 2022. Two things that as a church I want to invite you to do. First thing is this. Win your day by winning your morning. Win your day by winning your morning. And God gave me a word for you very clearly. Unless you work the night shift or you retire, this word's not for you. But God spoke to me clearly and he said, stop waking up late in the name of Jesus. And start waking up early. 
and win your day by winning your morning. Stop losing time. If you don't have a job, get a job. But win your day. Don't you, don't you know that when, when, you, when you wake up and then you hit yourself on your toe, like your day just gets bad? And, or you wake up and you get a text and you, you have a bill, an automated bill. It's like, oh, my God, I forgot to cancel that subscription or whatever. Doesn't your day get worse? Well, how much better will your day start if you start filled with faith, filled with the word of God, filled with encouragement? If you, if you don't start the, the day listening to, listening to, to Cuatro K, Cuatro K, Cuatro K, but, but you start your day listening to worship, to music that, that praises the Lord, that lifts you up. And that takes me to my second point. And it's this. Give God your first 15 minutes of your day. If you wake up at 6 every day, wake up at 5.45. If you wake up at 7, at 8, wake up 15 minutes earlier this year. Take five minutes to worship, five minutes to pray, and five minutes to read your word. You might be able to do that for 10 minutes, age 50. Uh, uh, but if you can start with five minutes, maybe you have a specific band of music that you like, of worship, listen to that. Pray over your family, over your day. Say, Lord, before you, I put my day in your hands, Lord. Whatever happens is your will. So now if something bad happens, you know, that probably has a purpose because I put it in the Lord's hands. So when something bad happens, you say, Lord, well, teach me something. There, there's something that's good got to come out because I put my day in your hands. If something good happens, you can say, God, yours is the glory. You made this happen. And 15 minutes reading your word. Get into a Bible plan on the Bible app. Listen, you can choose, you can even choose different voices. If you want to read your word in British and for God to love the world, I have a really good British accent, but I can't do it right now. You have different plans and devotionals. Get into the word. It's powerful enough to change your life. If we didn't have the lights, if we didn't have the music, if we were just all sitting under a tree right now, the word would be enough to change your life. Amen. Pray with me for a moment. Father God, today, before you, Lord, I make a commitment to be obedient. We make a commitment for radical obedience, Lord, to obey your word, God, to hear your voice and obey it. Lord, in order to see those changes we need, those miracles, those open doors, those breakthroughs we need in the name of Jesus, Lord, specifically right now, I just pray, Lord, for everybody, all of our family members and all of our church members, Lord, that are sick right now. We declare a word of healing by the powerful name of Jesus. We declare, Lord, negative tests, Lord. People live in the hospital today. We declare for a breakthrough in their health right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray, Lord, for a breakthrough in our schools, Lord. I'd stand, Lord, against any spirit of terrorism, of violence, Lord, and rebuke them from the schools of homestead in the name of Jesus. No weapon formed against us shall prosper against our youth. We stand, Lord, against any principality and spirit in this place, and we say, go in the name of Jesus. I stand against any spirit of fear, and we say, go in the name of Jesus of Jesus. You have no place on 2022. And we step this year, Lord, by faith, Lord, affirming your word. We step this year, Lord, aggressively, Lord, knowing that you are for us and not against us. 
And may we see, Lord, your hand upon us, your favor, Lord. We don't want your favor to depart from us. May we see your favor and grace, Lord, in every project, in every dream, in every business, in every new journey we start today, Lord, by your hand. If you don't come with us, we don't want to go. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said, amen. Come on, church, can we praise the Lord one more time? Amen. Amen. I don't know what I'm going to do third service, but it's going to happen. Family, remember this Wednesday, we have first Wednesday service. We hope to see you here. If you don't know what that is, the first Wednesday of every month, we gather together, we worship, we hear a word. It's an amazing time to, to get fuel during the week. So we hope to see you at 7 p.m. And just stay plugged in, stay connected. This year is a year of multiplication, of growth. God is going to do something amazing through your life. Stand here and be amazed of what God will do through your life. Amen? Amen. Let's pray a benediction this morning. Father, may the words of our mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, my strength 